This is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro. And welcome to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I am your host, Robert Dodaro, the founder of Prism Wealth Management. This show is all about helping you, the people of Ohio, better understand what's going on in the markets, what's going on in the economies, really what's going on that can be impacting your wealth, not just your money, but even your mental wealth, your spiritual wealth, all these things come in playing into a happy lifestyle. Uh, And each week we hopefully provide you with some good information and tips that you can use uh, to better protect some of your wealth as we go through these turbulent times that, you know, just seems since 2020, Tony, right? Uh, We've had some turbulent times, uh, you know, but as always, folks with me, co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, but, you know, know, thinking about it this year, Tony, you know, going back, like everyone thought after 2021, you know, things might calm down. And I I think it's it's only accelerated, right? I mean, um, well, yeah, we went from, uh, the frying pan into the into the fire, and then we saw the markets come back up after COVID, and we thought, "Hey, here we are, mm-hmm. Every, everything's yes. going to be peachy again." And then yeah. 2022 hit, and uh, it's really I say hit because it's the perfect storm, uh, right? Yeah. With yeah. In, rising interest rates, rising inflation, and down market. And so I think it's real interesting because, you know, 2021 was so fresh. I mean, the vaccine just came out at the end of 2020. So 2021 really was that, uh, you know, what you would think would be the recovery year of the economy. And and 2022 is where, you know, you would expect the engine to have been fixed and restarted, right? You know, given the time frame of everything and almost it seems kind of backwards, like things rapidly started in 2021 and the engine seems to have broken down in 2022. So what, you know, as we look through the rest of this year and we look to the end of the year, we thought it'd be a good idea just to give an update of where we are in the economy, the jobs numbers, the GDP, you know, all these things that play into uh, how the economy is doing. But also uh, that information is what the Federal Reserve does to make its decisions. And what the Federal Reserve does impacts the markets. And we all have seen in our statements this year how the markets have been impacted, right? Yeah. So, so you know, kind of do a little refresh. Maybe, you know, Tony and I, we always try and make our little predictions on what we think will happen. We'll go on the record with our with our guesses. You can hold us accountable to it, uh, you know, as, as best <laughs> as possible. But, you know, uh, what I think about Tony is, you know, when I looked at the numbers and I, I looked at everything in the economy, right, uh, housing prices are starting to come down. Uh, even gold and silver have been down this year. Oil has is up, but it's still way down from its previous highs. It's down about 30 to 40% from its previous highs. So a lot of things have come down this year. We've talked about the different reasons for that on previous shows, but there's one number that's up this year and it's up big this year. And I think most people wouldn't, you know, figure this number to be up with everything else down. You know, what the one thing that's up this year, Tony? 
what's the one thing that's up besides interest rates and inflation? Well, yeah, well, interest rates are up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, <laughs> those are up. But one thing you wouldn't think would be up is federal tax revenue, right? Really? The, 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 the Treasury is expecting to haul in 20% more revenue this year than they did last year. So the federal government last year brought in $4 trillion, people. Okay, that's how much money they brought in. And it still wasn't enough to pay for everything, right? Uh, on top of that, this year they're expecting to bring in $4.8 to $4.9 trillion. That means there's an extra eight to $900 billion in revenue that the federal government has this year that they did not have this year. And we're still running over a trillion dollar deficit. They're still spending more than a trillion dollars uh, than what they are bringing in. Uh, it's a crazy situation. But, you know, I have to wonder, Tony, uh, if this extra eight to $900 billion in revenue, right, that's eight to $900 billion in revenue that corporations and individuals don't have. That's money we've given to the government to spend on other things that the government deems to be the most important right now. So I have to wonder if part of the sluggish economy that we're seeing right now is due, in fact, to the higher taxes that were passed in 2021. When you look at the American Recovery Plan, you look at the infrastructure bill, all of those things had tax increases on there. Uh, and they say they were targeted. And, you know, I, I know my tax bill went up last year, and I, I know I wasn't one of the people they said that would be targeted. But, you know, right. uh, my, my, my taxes went up last year. So, you know, part of me wonders if all this money coming out of the economy and going to the government is part of the reason why we're seeing the sluggish economy. I, you know, I can't help but wonder, Tony, how about you? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, that's probably part of it. But that really does surprise me that tax revenues are up, at least federal tax revenues. I mean, we're, we're at, uh, what, $4.9 trillion? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, it's about 4.8, like where they finish the year. Because if you if you actually go to the, there's usdebtclock.org. It's a great yep. website. We're going to talk about this today. Uh, because if you look at that number, it is $4.9 trillion currently, but notice it's going down. It from is what going they projected. Down. Yeah. So they proje they actually projected that they would bring in well over $5 trillion this year. But because the economy and the jobs market is slowing down, right. the projected revenue is going down with it. So it's going to finish up somewhere between 4.8 and 4.9 trillion in revenue this year. Uh, we'll always know when the year's over, right? <laughs> Right, right. Where, where, Obviously, where it finishes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it drops down to 4.7. I, I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, so, and they even do a good breakdown of what's coming in from income taxes and what's coming in from payroll taxes. And the interesting thing you see is that tax revenue, income tax revenue is actually going down, but payroll tax revenue is going up. That would be the strength of the jobs market because you have to have a job in order to pay payroll taxes. Right. Right. So it's not necessarily income taxes, it's payroll taxes. And when you look at all this money coming in, a big chunk of where that money is going is Medicaid and Medicaid, Medicare and Social Security. Yep. The main safety nets, you know, retirees, this is the stuff that you guys rely on. Uh, they are projecting this year that between Medicare and Social Security, uh, that there will be about two point seven trillion, maybe, you know, two point seven five trillion going out there. Uh, the defense budget is about $770 billion on there, right? Um, and for you folks keeping score, uh, we all know the, the the total debt is over $31 trillion, 
Okay. Now this doesn't mean, it means something different than what you and I mean it when we're talking about our budgets. Okay, Tony, and we've talked about this plenty of times before. Federal money is money that is loaned to the federal government primarily by people in the United States. Okay. The the average person doesn't realize how much money they loan to the government every single day uh, in there. Now, I, I've done this with you before, Tony, so you can play along. But, you know, say, say, say Tony, if I want to loan you a million dollars, right? If I was sending you that offer in the mail and uh, the offer said, I'll loan you a million dollars for five years, you know, but at the end of five years, you have to pay me back all of my million dollars. Plus over the five years, I'm going to be nice and say, you only have to pay me 2% interest on this. Okay. So the terms though of the loan are once I loan you the money, you have to pay me back. You can't default. You uh, can't spend the money and you can't invest the money. Okay. Would you take that loan? No. No. Right. Usually you have to think about these when I ask you on the spot. This one was a no brainer, right? Right. <laughs> like, why would I borrow that money? Uh, and, and, and that's the same thing. We are lining up to loan the federal government money. We say we want safe money. When you meet with your investment person, keep me protected. OK, well, if you want protection, then you're, you're going to the United States federal government who hasn't ever defaulted on their debt. Okay, uh, with it. If you're asking me, where is the safest place in the world to loan money to? Oh, the federal, the U.S. federal government. I mean, are you going to loan it to the federal governments of uh, Europe or Asia? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would still take the United States over any of those other oh, places sure. right now. Right. So if you're lining up to loan them the money, but then you get upset when they spend or invest the money so that way they can make the interest necessary to pay you interest, right? Like they they have to spend it or they have to invest it. So not only do they take in the revenue, but they also get to take in the money that we are loaning to them in addition to this revenue uh, as well. So that's why they are taking on debt is that we've loaned, we've decided to loan them 31. And no, we, you know, even uh, if you look at foreign lenders, it's only about seven trillion out of the uh, thirty-one trillion in there. So foreign lending isn't the problem in here. It's that people in the United States, corporations in the United States, want to keep money safe, and the U.S. government is the best place to keep it safe. So the problem is now we see interest on the debt. Right, that's on the debt clock page. billion worth of interest paid out on the money that the government's borrowed. That's the number that is most important, is how much interest are they paying? What are they looking at there? Because the the interest is part of the money that has to be paid out every year so that that we talked about them bringing in 4.8 trillion well most of that 4.8 4.9 you know 9 trillion is spent on medicare medicaid social security and defense the rest of the money is going to interest interest on the debt in there. And there's still some money left over afterwards for the other programs out there. But primarily, if you're looking at what the big, the four biggest items on the budget are, it's Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, defense, and then interest on the debt as well. Wow. And that interest, you look at that as a bad thing, but that interest is primarily money that the federal government is paying to the people. 
right? So this year, the, the government paid out $480 billion in interest primarily to people, companies, corporations inside the United States. Okay, that's all right. Even though even though I don't like them paying out $480 billion, at least they're, they're, yeah. they're paying off the people who loan them the money, right? Yeah. Which is well, us. As long as, it's, as long as it's us and within the United States, I don't like them paying interest to China or- Oh, yeah. Well, and we already talked about how China is selling off their debt right now because right. the dollar is so high. Uh, and there's so even the amount of uh, money that China has is going down right now. And they only had about a trillion. Japan had a trillion. China had a trillion. Both of them are selling off U.S. debt right now. And it's actually been one of the things that's been beneficial uh, for the markets and economy right now, believe it or not. It's, it's crazy how these things work. And this is why even if you know something, right, like even if your heart of heart, your brain tells you, I know this is what's going to happen, uh, you could always be wrong, right? Like even even right. with that, even no matter how certain you are, you could always be wrong, right? Uh, you know, like I, I, I look at uh, good old Mattress Mac down in Houston, right? He made all those bets on the Houston Astros to win the World Series, right? He ended up paying off. He made $75 million betting on the World Series. Wow. That's pretty impressive, okay? Now he had to pay out a whole bunch of money to his furniture store to cover the losses over there that they experienced uh, with <laughs> it, but he still pocketed sure. a pretty good penny. Now they, they had, they offered him during the World Series kind of, like an insurance hedge. They said, hey, do you want to put up a million dollars of your own money? Uh, so that way, if the Astros lose, it'll cover some of the, the money that you've you've invested. Because he bet uh, in the neighborhood, I believe it was close to $10 million, he bet to win the $75 million. So, hey, do you want to bet a million? So that way, if the Astros don't win, you can, you know, recover some of the lost 10 million that you have. He said, no, I'm good. You know, I don't need wow. that. I believe, you know, and that, that takes guts, right? And you have to ask well, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. It's And now yeah. we can say, wow, it really took guts. Uh, if he mm -hmm. had lost, he said it would have taken stupidity, right? I mean, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Like, why didn't you take the offer? Fine and, line, and a, a fine line between guts and, and stupidity sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that's the point. And we're going to pick back up on this point when we come back from our break here in a second. But, you know, whether you know you're going to be right or wrong, you never truly know a lot of these things. It's why building a plan is so important. We call the plan that we build for our clients the clear retirement solution. It's our process that we walk you through to help you build a retirement plan that suits your needs and is customized for your lifestyle. This is a complimentary process that we walk you through when you come meet with me in either Worcester or Wadsworth. And if you're thinking of of retiring in the next three to five years, it's a process that you should start immediately. And all you need to do is call 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. It's the weekend. Leave us a message. My staff will get back to you on Monday. Give us your name, phone number, a good time to call you back. Uh, and we'll call you back and see if there is something we can do to help you plan for a better retirement. But we'll be back in just a moment with more of the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. When you think of a puzzle, what would you say is the most important piece? Corner? A side piece? I would argue that the most important piece of a puzzle is the picture on the box. And the same can be said for your retirement. Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management would love to show you your retirement picture. For more information, call 330-804-0123 or visit his website at wealthofohio.com. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through AEWM LLC. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And I'm here with our host, Robert Dodaro. And Robert, uh, we've been talking about 
uh, the U.S. debt and the interest uh, paid on the debt, uh, a lot of that unfunded debt and interest. You know, uh, the the uh, the tool they have out there is the U.S. It's called usdebtclock.org, and it's fan. It's it's uh, I think it's just uh, amazing. It's fantastic. You can really get lost in the weeds and uh, digging into this stuff. It's a uh, pretty. I, I, sh- pretty I showed it to my too. staff the other day, and they're like, "Too many numbers, Robert. Just too many numbers." Yeah, and but it, it, it is it, a lot of numbers, but they do a good job. If you just want a quick breakdown of all the major statistics of what's going on inside the United States when it comes to government spending. Uh, they have tons of calculators talking yeah. about the home sales, auto sales, and most of it's uh, not good energy. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Most of it's not in the news. You're right. Yeah. So, it's not. And it's not we, great news either. Like, I mean, no. the problem is, is it's not good. So the problem is every time the Fed raises interest rates, the amount of debt we pay or the amount of interest we pay on our debt goes up as well, too. So each time the Fed is hiking this, in essence, we're making it more expensive for the government to operate as well, too, uh, and more interest that they have to pay out. So, la- you know, just last week, they they, they went and approved a, a, a point, another 0.75 rate hike. And I think what I found most interesting about that, Tony, was when uh, when Chairman Powell came out afterwards. Uh, he made it pretty clear that they're going to be aggressive in raising interest rates until inflation comes down, and they won't really know if it's working until GDP and jobs both cool off. So that's a scary thought. And so in, in other words, they're saying we need to do damage to the economy and slow down so people aren't working as much in order to tame inflation. Okay, that's a, that, that's another way of saying what he said, and the markets didn't like that for for a couple reasons, right? I mean, does that sound good to you, Tony? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, they of course the markets didn't like it, and I I was worried about that. It seems like the more they raise the interest rates, the more they're pushing us into recession. Uh, but mm-hmm. I know they're trying really hard to slow the economy. Yeah. And that's the important part is, is that you want to look at what their goals are and what their objectives are. And they're in essence saying that they feel they need to cause a recession in order for uh, inflation to slow down. All right. Yeah. So these are your warnings and all that. Now, it's also important to realize when you look at the market. So you might be hearing me saying this and saying, oh, well, that means the market's going to keep going down and getting worse. No, no, no. Remember, the markets are looking at the same data that the Fed is. And the markets have already kind of made their assumptions about these things as well. It's only when the Fed comes out and says something different than what the market expects uh, does it react too much because the markets are a reflection of where uh, we think the economy will be six months from now, where we think things in society will be six months from now. So a lot of the negative has already taken place. Okay, this is why most people who manage your money say you can't time the market. You can't, you know, it's crazy, Tony. You'll watch a stock and earnings reports will come out. And with the earnings, reports, you will find that a company did great. They exceeded all expectations. They made way more, way more money. Uh, they're on track to continue growing faster than what they thought. And then you'll look at the stock and the stock's down 15% that day. And you're like, 
how in the world would that make sense? Like a company looks like it's doing fantastic. And then all of a sudden the stock drops 15%. Okay. Some of these things aren't predictable. Some of these things you don't know. Uh, and this is why being diversified matters, having different types of assets, not just stocks and bonds, but there are a whole plethora of different assets. You could have structured notes, you could have uh, fixed or indexed annuities. Uh, there are different options. This is why you buy real estate as well, too. You have your homes to help offset some of the losses in the market. Um, so there's there's different asset classes out there. And the more you can spread your money around, uh, the more diversified you can be, the easier it is to weather some of these storms. Uh, now, I would say money doesn't buy happiness. You know, it just it just buys options. So the, <laughs> the more money you have, yeah. the more diversified you can be. That's true. And you should be more diversified. You, you get into an, a, a different level of money management where, hey, you know what? There's a different style. And with your wealth, you really should be doing it this way instead of the old ways that, you know, the average person is doing it uh, in there. And it, it is a matter of goals. It's a matter of tolerance. It's a matter of uh, just finding something that you're going to be comfortable with as well, too. But in the end, uh, you know, as you say, mo money, mo problems in there. And if you got <laughs> yeah. mo money, then you got to do a little bit mo homework on that as That's well, right. too. So, you know, we're here to help hopefully give you that education or give you that knowledge, we'll say, uh, to help spread, you know, that that information around because there are a lot of choices uh, that you can use. Like a lot of people even overlook life insurance as a way to use to grow your money, but there are life insurance policies designed to help grow your money uh, in there. And they provide other benefits and there's pluses and minuses with every option, okay? Every option has its strengths and its weaknesses. It's about putting a blend of products together because there is no one product that does everything. So, you know, I wanted to touch on that, but I also, Tony, I want to talk a little bit, you know, about this debt clock thing. So I, I, I sure. like this website. It's got a lot of stuff oh, in there. I love um, it. Even in there. So let's let, you know, looking at this website, any guesses, Tony, who has the most light vehicle sales year to date in the United States? It's either got to be Ford or Chevy. All right. Well, Chevy is about 250,000 cars behind Ford, but you know what? Toyota is less than 10,000 cars behind Ford. Yeah, so Ford's Ford is one, one. Yeah. and Toyota of all companies is number two. And, and they're, Chevy's they're three. Very, yeah. yeah, Chevy's number three. So even all that is tracked on the debt clock website to where you can see what cars are there, yeah. uh, even home sales or energy output, right? So- for we you know we talk a lot of environmental issues in here and what the the U.S. really needs to do uh, to expand its uh, you know <laughs> will keep energy costs under control. So the the debt clock actually has an energy uh, website on there. So the United States used over eighty two million BTUs or uh, sorry eighty two million billion BTUs. Right, so we're using a ton of energy. Just <laughs> bottom line, people. But the problem is, is that while we're using eighty-two million, China's using one hundred and thirty-eight million. Right, so everyone looks right. at the U.S. as the major polluter. We're actually our pollution is slowly curbing itself as where China just continues to go through the roof. But out of that eighty-two million BTUs, or you know, of billion BTUs that we are consuming here, Tony, any idea on about how much of that is coming from renewable sources? Um, no, uh, I don't know how much of that is from renewable. 
about 12. So about 15% of our energy is coming from renewable sources. The vast majority, overwhelmingly, uh, is coming from natural gas and crude oil. It yeah. accounts for about 50 of the 82. And, yeah. yeah, coal and nuclear below that. And then, I mean, if you added up all of the renewable sources, uh, it would equal, it, it would almost equal coal and nuclear. But it's not touching natural gas or oil, and this no. is, you know, some people. The, the environmental side will say that's a problem. We need to change that around. But uh, it also says that the faster you accelerate this, the less society is going to be prepared for it, right? Uh, you know, I, I, there's an old saying that uh, one of my uh, former employers used to say is that you know when you're on the cutting edge of technology, you normally end up getting cut. Okay, uh, with that as well. And, right. and yeah, over time, technology will rise and, you know, there, maybe it'll charge an electric car within, you know, 30 minutes instead of, you know, several hours and all that as well, too. Uh, but the technology has to get there. And if you try and push it when the technology is not ready, you have something, you end up with something that doesn't work. And right. if that system collapses, if it's as important as it is, it can't collapse. It has to be sustainable and it has to work and you have to set it up for success. Just like anyone I work with, right? Like, why would you want to work with someone who sets you up for failure, right? Like, no matter what I do, my odds of success are 1%, right? Like, why would you even try in that situation? Uh, you have to set it up in a system that's going to grow and you can't force things to happen sometimes. You know, there are limitations in society, believe it or not. Uh, and this is where I think a lot of the problem comes in is that it's something that a lot of people want. But when you look at the reality of the numbers, it's like, mm, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think it's got to take a little bit more time and a little bit more diligence before we get there. Meanwhile, you know, we talk about oil being up year to date uh, in price and all that as well, too. Um, you know, how you change that in the economy and the jobs that go it, when you change these industry over, um, it has an impact. It has an impact on people trying to retire. It has an impact in the markets. It has impacts on all of these things. And apparently it has impact on federal government revenue because you know, that's that's going up as well, too. But, you know, I look at the the news from last week and we'll, we'll do a little bit more talking about the news from last week. I know a lot of people want to hear about the election and all that. But bear in mind, we have to record this show in advance because we have legal obligations. I am a fiduciary in the job that I do, which means that if I'm saying something out there, I need people to review it to make sure that I'm not saying anything I'm not supposed to. So it takes a little bit of time, but we want to get accurate and new information out for you. And uh, next week, we'll be talking a little bit more about the election results and what we think that will mean moving forward. But we want to talk about some of the economic things like the GDP report that came out, the Fed meeting that happened last week. We're going to tackle all of that in the bonus segment for our podcast podcast listeners, uh, but we're coming up on the end of the show. And I just want people to remember, you know, there is information out there. There is knowledge out there. Uh, what, you know, what, how you improve things, how you get over the fears you have in the economy right now uh, and to market and all that other stuff is by educating yourself. It's by getting information and why the government is able to do as many things as they are is because they know about 99.9% .9 of the time people are not going to read the bills. They're not going to read the legislation. They're not going to look at the actual numbers. So we're here to encourage you to look at those numbers, look at the reports, ask questions. That is the best way to inform yourself. And the more you inform yourself, the uh, more comfortable you start to feel with, okay, I know there's bad things going on out there, but I also 
know that I have options to deal with it when the time comes. And this is where it comes to building a comprehensive plan for yourself. Uh, This is what we do. This is what we specialize in. When you meet with me for a complimentary time in either Worcester or Wadsworth, we're going to teach you about the clear retirement solution. It's where we look at all five key areas of retirement planning, whether you're talking income, investments, tax efficiency, healthcare, or legacy. All five of these things are things that could potentially cost you a lot of money in retirement. For some people, maybe one of the two of them aren't as important as others, but in the end, it's five areas that someone should look over just to see if there's any concerns or red flags that you may have or problems that you may want to address either before you retire or during retirement. Even, like I say, Tony, I meet with a lot of people who are already retired and, you know, you've already taken Social Security. You don't need me to help you figure out when to take it. Okay, but there's still other problems you have about uh, how should you handle tax efficiency and make sure you're not overpaying or not leaving a huge bill that the government's going to take from you when you die uh, as well. So there's all kinds of issues that go in this. And through the process, we're going to find out and help you paint a picture of where you stand. Are you on track for your goals and what concerns you may, you should probably look at uh, as you go along. And this is all part of a complimentary process we call the clear retirement solution. And it starts by calling 330- 804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. Or you can always visit us online at myprismwealth.com. Again, that's myprismwealth.com. But that's about all the time we have for the Wealth of Ohio show. We're going to be back in just a moment with more of the Wealth of Ohio podcast for our podcast listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, but for the for our Wealth of Ohio show listeners on the radio, we thank you for your time. We hope we brought some value to your mornings. Uh, and we'll see you next week on the Wealth of Ohio show. Thank you for listening to Wealth of Ohio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Robert Dodaro at Prism Wealth Management. Call 330-804-0123 or visit them online at wealthofohio.com. Prism Wealth Management LLC is an independent financial service firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services are offered through Prism Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified Representatives and prior to implementation. The Wealth of Ohio podcast. This is the bonus segment for our podcast listeners. And Robert, we had a great show today. Uh, we talked a lot about the debt clock and all the information that entails and what it means to us. Uh, but you wanted to talk about some year end stuff uh, and where we're at here in the final segment. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you look at the markets, right, and where we are, and I I like to use the S&P as my barometer. Some people use the Dow or the NASDAQ or the Russell or the, there's tons of different measurements, but I use the S&P. And if you look at it on average, S&P is down about 20% year to date. Now, where do we finish the year, right? What do I see on the horizon? Uh, There's still time for the Fed to make some decisions that could alter this. Um, But honestly, normally once an election happens and the market knows what direction things are going to go, you start to see the markets react afterwards. So there's always that uncertainty word, right, Tony? The markets hate uncertainty. Uh, Well, once the election resolves, there's, there's more certainty, 
that we have. We know who's in control and what kind of agenda they're going to be pushing as time goes by, right? Uh, And since we're doing this before the elections, you know, I, I would say, Realistically, I think most people expect that if the like say the Democrats were to gain control or keep control of all the houses but pick up seats on all sides. Okay, well then there's probably going to be more taxing and spending legislation being passed like we've already been seeing from there uh, as well. More spending on energy projects, uh, more spending on uh, social benefits, you know, agree or disagree. That's where the money's going to be spent. Uh, healthcare benefits, those kind of things uh, as well too. Now, I think that most people think that if Republicans win, well, then they're going to cut back on the spending. You know, they're not going to spend as much uh, with it as well. And things might slow down. I think you're going to see a lot more investigations happening in Congress as opposed to legislating. Right. You know, as well from what they're because anything the Republicans pass would probably be vetoed by the president. And they won't, they shouldn't, I'd be very shocked if they had enough votes to overcome a veto. (laughs) That would, that would require a lot of surprise election results in order for that to happen. And I just don't see that. I don't see that happening. So it's not like they can change the agenda. And unless they can come to a compromise with President Biden on something, there's not going to be a lot of legislation changes in there. There might be some budgetary changes, but not legislative changes. And outside of that, it's just going to be investigations, you know, and, you know, whether they're, I I think at this point, Tony, I mean, after all the investigations we've seen uh, going back as long as we have, uh, I I think the the, the clear answer is going to be there's no accountability for anybody. It's true. You know, I think that the the biggest bet I ever won in my life was with a friend of mine. And I I still remember this. This was like six or seven years ago. Uh, We bet a couple hundred bucks on this. And uh, he uh, he was he was just so determined, like he was like, you know what? They're investigating Jared Kushner right now, the son in law of President Trump. He's like, Jared Kushner's going to jail. And I was like, no, he's not. I was like, just like, I'm just like, there's no, there's nothing that's going to happen there. There's no, no, he's like, no, I'm sure he read something online somewhere and he was just convinced it was going to happen. I was like, no, he won't. I was like, you want to bet on it? He's like, yeah. I was like, how much you want to bet? I think he said 250 bucks. And I said, okay, how long, like, how long are we going to let this go? Like, does he get a, like, are they going to prosecute him in a year, two years, three years? Like how much time do you need uh, on this? And he said he wanted a year. I said, I'll give you two. You know, I'll just, so we waited two years. No, no investigations, no indictments, no nothing like that. Uh, and I had a nice dinner that week with my wife. Uh, I'll just say so. Uh, in the end, when we look at all these things and all these investigations, it's a lot of money spent by the government to you know help us see the problems that are there, but we never see anything change. So. I, I guess it's good news for the markets in that regards, Tony, and that, okay, there, things should calm down a little bit, which is what I think they're hoping for, is that things will start to calm down a little bit. Um, I don't know if that happens, though, Tony. I, I think I've, I've told you this, right. right? Like, I've said this for like six months. Uh, what's my biggest fear in the markets right now? Like, what's the one thing that I could see, aside from like a nuclear war, right? Like that's, you know, obviously that would hurt the markets, you know, or something like that. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I'm not, I'm not in that camp. Uh, The one thing I could see causing the markets to tank really fast would be the words President Harris. Okay. Um, (laughs) In there. So if Republicans actually have legitimate investigations, just like it happened with President Trump, Every time that people thought he was going to be kicked out of office or something else like that, the markets reacted negatively yep. to it, right? You know, and it's going to be the, the same thing. Because the markets don't like change. 
They don't like change. They don't like uncertainty. Uh, they have no idea where things are going to go under a Harris administration, right? Uh, and there, so it, it is. It is one of the things where, okay, you know, it, it, I, I explain this to my wife all the time when it comes to politics and the markets and all that as well. Too is that the markets like certainty uh, in there, and ultimately, every person who wins the presidency picks a vice president that no one would ever want to see become president. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't know if they think as, it's job security or what, but the, oh, the, it is. the choices for vice president are usually horrible. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I, I think Republicans liked Mike Pence with Donald Trump, you know, for the most part they liked him, but there's no way Democrats would want to see him over Trump. You know, he, he's too religious in that regards. So, the point of this is to say, uh, even though we're talking about it, who the president is isn't the biggest issue impacting the markets out there. It can have temporary impacts, right. but if you're looking at long-term sustainability in the markets, the market goes through ups, it goes through downs. Uh, the market's high was around 4,800 in the S&P earlier this year, maybe 4,850. We've gone down to about 3,550, 3,575 this year. So, I mean, that's a, a good 20, 25% drop in the S&P this year that we've experienced. Uh, I, you know, if anything, uh, you know, as, as things progress, as the Fed keeps going, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the markets totally bottom out around 3,200, 3,300 in the S&P if things do not improve. Okay. That's I always, I put that asterisk on there. Uh, it, it, the, the markets are hungry for good news. This is why when there is good news, those couple days in the market are gangbusters. And if you're someone trying to time the market, getting in, getting in and getting out, uh, if you miss those good days, man, oh man, is it hard to recover? I'll just say, this is why you have a strategy that helps you ride through it because the jobs report, you know, is going to be kind of a curse moving forward, right? The Fed has made it clear that if the jobs market is strong, they're still going to have to stay being aggressive on raising interest rates. Okay, so every good jobs report we have might actually be a negative for the markets because the markets don't want interest rates going yeah. up. Right, which is so, why, which is why, and nobody has a crystal ball, but that's why mm -hmm. I think <laughs> we can't expect too much uh, positive action out of the market yet this year. I've written this year off myself personally, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, again, never say never, right? Nobody has the crystal mm. ball. Well, that's why, like, history says after the midterm elections are over, the next year is usually a really good year in the markets. Yep. Okay. Not His always. Yeah, history usually. also says that when stocks are down, bonds will be up. Mm -hmm. and well, and history would also say <laughs> that oil not. can go negative, right? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Anything's possible out there. True. But here's the thing is that, you know, we know that every day, right? It's possible I walk across the street and a bus hits me. Okay. I don't live in fear of buses. All right. Right. But, right. but even though I see a bus pretty regularly, it's not like when a bus is coming down the road, I, I cower behind a trash can somewhere until it passes. Right. Uh, I, you know, exactly. same thing with the market. I, I have a plan. If the bus is coming my way, I'm going to get out of the way. Right. Right. Like I know, I know my options in there, just like anything. Now accidents happen. I can't be prepared for it, but I don't let it control my life. Why are you letting the market control your life? Why are you letting the news cycle control your life? Okay. If you have a plan, 
and you have a plan in place, then you know when it's time to panic and you know when it's time to, you know, tune out the the, the doomsayers and all that stuff as well. Because uh, unfortunately, fear sells. And that's what a lot of the media people do is they sell fear. Uh, and because it, it gets your attention, gets you to pay attention. But when you have a plan, when you when, when you know what your weaknesses are and your strengths are, it's a lot easier to ride through the ride. It's a lot more comfortable of a ride because mm-hmm. you'll know when the time to like my wife, she, she doesn't listen to the news anymore. Like she's turned it off completely. She's, she's done with it. You know, unless someone sends her something to read, she's not really paying attention to it, uh, which is the best way to be. I, I would say, by the way, uh, unfortunately her, her uh, rationale is uh, for me to be the one who looks at all of it. And it's my job to let her know when it's time to panic. Right. <laughs> So, you know, uh, fortunately, I, I, I love doing that and I'm already doing it with my job. So it's easy for me to keep her informed. But in the end, this is what we do with our clients. We're here to share information, talk about what's going on, ultimately talk about how it's going to impact your wealth. And if the Fed keeps raising interest rates aggressively, uh, the bad news is, is that a lot of the market is going to take a hit. Bonds are going to take a hit. Stocks are going to take a hit until they slow down. OK, that's 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 when the markets start to turn around is when the Fed slows down. Okay. Okay, in there. However, because they are raising rates, there are other opportunities on the more protected side and the more conservative side where they're offering way better options out there. So you always look for the opportunities when these times arise. And when whenever you have a plan and you're organized in your finances, when opportunities arise, you are in a better position to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, so what I can tell you is this. If you want someone to give you an honest opinion about where you stand, how you stack up, are you ready to make it not only to retirement, but through retirement and beyond, then you need a clear retirement solution. You need someone to sit down and just shoot you straight. Where do I stand? Am I ready? Are there concerns, stuff I should be doing differently to hopefully keep more money in my pocket so that way I have less of a chance of running out of money before I die? That's what the Clear Retirement Solution is designed to help you with. And it starts with a simple phone call to 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. Leave us your name. Leave us your phone number. A good time to get back a hold of you. We will call you this week. Uh, I don't make my staff work the weekends, and I'm not going to use a phone service on you. Uh, Give our office a call. We can find a time where I can talk to you on the phone, or you can come meet with me in either Worcester or Wadsworth, uh, and we can kind of, you know, get started on building your plan and building your clear retirement solution. So that way, hopefully you can feel a little bit more confident, a little, little less frightened about everything going on right now. Uh, or heck, if you need to be frightened, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I mean, at least you have a professional opinion telling you if there's a, if there's a true problem or, okay, no, you just need to do these couple things. So I would say if you're looking at retiring in the next three to five years, this is definitely something you should be looking at and starting to build so you can have that confidence when you can, of when you can enter in retirement. But give us a call, 330-804-0123. but that's about it, Tony. I think we've gone a little bit long, even on the podcast side. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's okay. So, a uh, great show today, though. You covered a lot of information. Uh, seeing where we're going to end up financially, you know, the final uh, financial uh, tidbits for the year. So, uh, yep, uh, here's hoping uh, throughout the holidays the market uh, continues to go up and everything turns out okay for 2022, right? 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll know the results of the election for next week's show. Yeah. Sorry we had to record early this week, but uh, we'll get on that next week and we'll see if we're right, if the certainty of the elections caused the market to behave one way or the other. Uh, but that's all we have for the time. That's all the time we have for our show this week. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. On behalf of Tony and myself and my team over at Prism Wealth Management, we'll see you next time.